You're listening to Confessions of a Grieving Mother by Emma's Footprints. Each week, we will be bringing you stories to give you a real look on what families go through after they experience a pregnancy or infant loss. Our goal is to help educate, support, and break the stigma around this topic. Be prepared for tears and laughter as we remember our babies. This is going to be real, raw, and vulnerable, so get your boots on. It's going to be messy. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother. I am Tracy, Emma's mom. And I am Julie Gus's mom. And internationally, (laughs) on the phone with us, we have Brandy. Hi, Brandy. Hello. So I had to Google, how do you call internationally? (laughs) So um, we did it. We did it. You just hold down the 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 zero. I put that on my resume. (laughs) I I can make an international call. I just had to hold down the zero (laughs) until the little plus sign popped up. And For those of you Brady's who are trying number. to call international, don't know what to do. <laughs> well, that <then it> was <laughs> from Tracy. <laughs> I need a different podcast. But then it started ringing. The international range was like, is that ringing? I'm like, yes, it's like a, it's a different. Yes, it's different. it is different. Yeah. It's the beep beep. It's not like a traditional. It's so ring. fancy. Yeah. It almost made me think that the line was busy. Right. That's what I could compare oh. right. to. Right. Yeah. And I don't know where I've heard that. Like, I knew it was a ring. Yeah. Okay. Like, they're so fancy over there. Yeah. <laughs> Sweden. Oh, well, you just blew it. You just blew it, Julie. I was going to say, where are you calling oh, from? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whoopsie doodle. <laughs> Brandy, where, where are we talking to you from? So I'm in the north of Sweden. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty far up there. I'm not like near the south where any of the like bigger cities are. So not like Stockholm or, or Gothenburg or anything like that. I'm about six and a half hours north of Stockholm. Wow. So if you have any geography skills, Negative. I'm like pretty <laughs> far. Yeah. Up there. Googling Sweden. It's cold and it's dark. <laughs> Don't put me down for geography. <laughs> Just failed that test. <laughs> so when you look out your window, what do you see? Animals? Um, I'm in a pretty rural area. Um, so neighbors. The housing no. is... Um, yeah, the housing is very much almost like what I like to call like gingerbread housing. So oh. there's a like farmhouse um, type of feel. So like there's lots of trees, like it's beautiful. There's um, lots of beautiful trees. There's a stream that I can hear from my balcony. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, it's really beautiful. It's very quaint. It's very quiet. I live in a small village. Um, I'm just actually transitioning here about two months ago from living in Scotland for the last year and a half. So, um, yeah, and before I was living in Scotland, I was living in San Diego where I met my husband. So um, this is country number three for me technically living. Um, And so I'm just, I'm on a new experience here. I visited here before when my husband and I were dating um, and actually, I originally wanted to move here, but when everything happened with our uh, wedding and our first uh, son, it was in the middle of COVID, and Sweden shut down their immigration, and he couldn't get, he couldn't obviously immigrate into America during that time. So, my husband has um, citizen has British citizenship as well. So we decided to go to the UK together. Um, otherwise, we would have been separated for our first son's birth. Oh my so gosh. that's why we ended up in Scotland. <laughs> it's like a whole nother episode. Wow, Brandy. Because I'm like very <laughs> interested in I all of that. I have lots of questions. Mm-hmm. So your husband's from Sweden. Yeah, well, he's, um, 
he was born in Scotland and he lived in a bunch of different countries as a kid and they were quite nomadic. Um, and as an adult, he's probably been in, he's lived in Sweden almost nearly close to a decade now. Um, he never lived here as a kid, but his, both his parents are, his mom is a hundred percent Swedish and his dad is part Swedish. So he's spoken the language all his siblings speak the language um a couple of them still live here he's got two brothers that live here as well um and his sister used to live here but then she left to go to scotland so the family is extremely um international in multiple other different countries beyond the ones i've already listed um yeah so i feel very sheltered right now (laughs) I (laughs) i felt that way too um i was like why would out of all the countries, like why I would never think like I'm going to Sweden. Like I've been to the UK before, but I've never had a reason to come here. So wow, let alone here I am there. So you <laughs> yeah. met in San Diego. Are you from California? I'm not originally. Okay. I'm actually from Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, no, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually from Louisiana and I was there until I was 12. And then um, I've always really loved dance. So um, I went to arts high school in Los Angeles, and then from there, I kind of bopped around doing jobs. So I moved to New York City for a year and a half and studied at the Ailey School. Then I moved to Dallas and danced with a company there, and I moved back to L.A. Um, to do a couple of freelance jobs. So I went back home for a little bit, and while I was home, I got into a bad car accident, so I decided to take a break, obviously. Um, and then I started getting into teaching. And I love, I've always really loved children. I love teaching. Um, and then my, I got a job offer to go to San Diego. And so I got wow. up again and moved. What kind of <laughs> dance so did you do? Um, predominantly ballet, jazz, contemporary. It was really like a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Anything I learned um, is what I decided. I, I loved teaching. So just kind of whatever they want me to do, I just try to do it. <laughs> I love that. So I was cool. a dancer yeah. too, but not to the extreme of traveling around the United <laughs> States for it. <laughs> I think I did ballet when I was three years old. Aww. A little like a teddy bear leotard or something. Aww. I think there's a picture out oh, there. Oh, but it's so much fun. You still remember it though. It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't pursue it. Yes. You know. That's a good point. That's true. Okay. So where did you, you were in San Diego and how did you meet your husband? So we are very much, um, I guess, a millennial couple because we met on Tinder, Ooh, and Tinder. we both swiped right. <laughs> I love it. We both swiped right. We both swiped right. Was um, that in your vows? He was, yes, it was. Um, we, um, he was actually, I was actually going through a breakup, and I got on the app, and I was like, I don't even care. Like, I just don't care about like meeting like the one anymore I just would like to go and have a good conversation and have someone to have dinner with and I saw that he on his profile that he was just here for work so I was like oh I'm sure he would love to try a new restaurant like he's not even from here like I'll pick somewhere cool for us to go and and so we talked we we both swiped right the next day we had like a 20 minute phone conversation and then the next day we went on a date and I was mortified because when I went to work I forgot my bag that had all my date clothes in it so I went on the date like in my dance teaching clothes essentially so it was like athletic wear (laughs) and like one nice pair of earrings Um, and that was it uh 
I mean, he showed the up perfect attire for dinner. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you weren't oh, looking God, to find the one, like you said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So and it just kind of, um, he left after two and a half weeks, and we were both like, okay, well, this has been nice. Toodles. Um, Au revoir. After that, he went to Canada. He went to Morocco. He's a submarine engineer, so he's traveling wow. okay. everywhere, all over the world. Um, and then, like, four months later, he was like, hey, you want to come to visit me and I was like okay I'm gonna talk to my mom first I was only 25 years old so I'm like I can't just get on a plane to go Mm -hmm. into a country Mm -hmm. I don't know like this is this this is starting to get a little bit serial killer-ish this could be a crime junkie episode yes you could have a documentary on Netflix what country was he in at that point yeah well I was like hey mom I want to do this too. It's like, as long as I can talk to him, I have the act, I have the numbers to everyone. Like I have the address of where you're going to be. Like, I think I'm okay. And as long as when I call him or I call you, you answer. And I was meaning who are my stepkids now. So that also kind of like helped because my husband's mm. nine years older than me. Okay. Um, so there are going to be kids there. I'm like, surely he won't, you know, like lock me in a cell if children meet me. <laughs> so, you know, I just thought, you know, why not? And so we went and kind of, we, I was in Sweden for three and a half weeks and met my stepkids. And after that, it was kind of like, all right, you need to quit your job and move. And I was like, oh, um, wow. wow, this is a bit, <laughs> it started to kind of, you know, he came to my, he came to meet my family for Christmas that same year because this was 2019. Oh, wow. Um, we, he came to Louisiana and spent, almost three weeks with my family he actually went before I even went because I couldn't get off of work yet so he went like five days He's early brave. to bond with my mom um yeah that was I was like are you sure you want to do that she's like an old southern mom like <laughs> I think you understand like a sweet home like, Alabama what you're stepping into <laughs> yeah I was like this is going to be intense and he was like no like I I totally want to do this and I was like well okay wonderful um and then that January in 2020 was when COVID happened and we didn't see each other for six months after that. Um, we're just stuck. This could I'm be a Colleen Hoover home. book. Yeah, a Colleen Hoover book. <laughs> <laughs> what that means. It's a lot. Oh. People, I mean, my co-workers at the dance studio were like, so Brandy, what's happening? What's going on? Like, mm-hmm. you know, is this still happening? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's can't, he's not really working right now because they can't put a bunch of people on a ship, right. you know, after they've been God knows where because the testing wasn't regular. None of that stuff was happening quite yet. Um, so we found out that we could both get into Ireland. Hmm. So... We, I now, my sister-in-law, lives in Ireland with her family. So I asked my boss, I said, I will still continue to work. Obviously, there will be a time difference. But I was just doing administrative work and teaching dance class from a gym. And I was like, they have the facility for me to do that out there. So can I go? And she was like, absolutely. It's fine. Just go. Go to Ireland. (laughs) Yeah, go to Ireland. Um, so we magically both made it into Ireland in June and that was probably the end of June. And then by the 1st of July, I was pregnant with our first son and I was engaged. So, um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that trip kind of, um, I guess that was what happens when you, I think there's a lot of, yeah, (laughs) I think there's a lot of COVID babies. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really, um, that was a super exciting time. I was just, um, because actually when I met my husband, he told me that he was not interested in getting in, getting married again. Mm-hmm. Um, he was married for a very long time um, and had beautiful children from that marriage. But he just, I think, you know, I think everyone has that right to kind of feel that way, mm-hmm. you know, of like, I've done it. I don't think maybe I need to do this again. Yeah, it's hard um, work. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, I just kind of said, you know, we're going to commit to each other. I'm good with that. You know, either way, if I immigrate somewhere, you have to sign with my petitioner. So this is just, that's pretty binding for mm-hmm. me. Um, so after I, I, I waited actually, because the first of July is my husband's birthday. Um, and I knew probably a few days before that, like, I think that I'm pregnant. Like, I don't feel right. And I told my sister-in-law, I was like, I don't feel right. I feel weird. Hmm. And she was like, do you have COVID? And I said, no, I feel like crampy, tuggy, weird Hmm. feelings like in my uterus, but it's not time for my period. So I can't, I've never been pregnant before, but this is the only thing that I can imagine because I never feel ovulation pain. Hmm. So I'm like, this is not a normal, like, I'm kind of like clockwork. Uh, so this is out of the norm. So um, I waited until after my husband's birthday was over because I didn't want to do that when people were going to have cake and all this stuff was going on outside. <laughs> so I waited to the next, yeah, I waited to the next day. And it was so funny because my boss, uh, I was extremely close with her. And she called me first thing in the morning right after I peed on the stick, essentially. And she was like, Brandy, you keep making all these issues. And I told her, like, I feel like foggy, like brain fog. Like, it, I, I'm typing the emails, but I'm not, it doesn't, it feels like out of body. It's weird. And she called me and she was like, you've got to fix this, blah, 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 blah. And I go, I just got two lines on a pregnancy test. And she goes, oh, okay. <laughs> we're shifting gears now. right uh, yeah. different conversation <laughs> and, I was, and I was like yeah yeah like this is I think this is I said this is why I've been feeling so weird and I know that I've been like kind of seem like out of the loop well now we have our answer and she was like well does Alfie know and I said no um wait Alfie is your husband's like, name okay. yeah Alfie's oh husband's name. um so we got off the phone and she was like take the rest of the week off to mm. like take a moment you know um so my husband I told him the next day and I actually thought he was upset because he started crying so profusely um but then he was like well this wasn't the way this was supposed to happen and it was so funny because I he started to get down on one knee and I thought he was going to talk to the baby in my belly but actually he was proposing so I lifted up my shirt and I looked down and I'm like oh we're doing two different things here I was like okay is this recorded anywhere so awesome this is literally a book and he's looking at me yeah he's like looking at me with my shirt up and he's like what are you doing I'm like well what are you doing Oh my gosh! What's going on here? So, um, I, he was like, "Well, I really, I planned because our birthdays are six days apart." He was like, "So I planned this whole thing at the beach for you to like. We were going to go diving together, and you're going to find your ring, like oh, while we went diving, Effie. and the whole thing." And he was like, "I'm just so sorry that it didn't happen that way, but how can you trump a baby?" <laughs> <laughs> 
You can't win with that. No. Yeah. I feel like I got outdone on like my own thing. So yeah, it was really he outdid himself there. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So So, it was a it was a fun time. Wow, what a whirlwind, Brandy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, that's just yeah. That's just us, like maybe a year and a half into our relationship. So, and you yeah, said that was two thousand nineteen. No, 20, twenty. July twenty. Yeah, yeah. We're okay, in twenty twenty now. Yeah, we're in July of twenty twenty now. So, how was that pregnancy? Because I know that's not um, that's not Kai's pregnancy, correct? Uh, that pregnancy was good. Um, well, okay. <laughs> I extended my stay. We both ended up extending our stays in Ireland because we were like, okay, now we really have to make a game plan. We are living in two different countries. We want to get married, and we're having a baby. We got, like, seven months to figure this Halfway out. Halfway around the world, too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had to – we were like – I told my boss, and she was like, no, I, I get it. Just, just figure out whatever you want to do. Just please make it back by August. And I was like, I can do that. Um, so when we – when he went back to Sweden and when I went back to San Diego, I was nine months pregnant. Oh, wow. uh, no, not nine months. Sorry, nine weeks. Okay. I was, like, <laughs> I was nine cow. weeks pregnant. <laughs> I was nine weeks pregnant when we left. Um, and then everything was going good until about closer to the halfway mark. And we were still separated at this time. Um, and I started having bleeding. And I, I think... Alfie was already quarantining in Tulum, Mexico for two weeks to try to get into the U.S. because that was the only way he could get over to help me. Because um, I needed to pack up all my stuff in San Diego and take it back to my mom's in Louisiana. And I was like, I can't, like, I can't do that by myself. Um, so I started bleeding. I went to my doctor and it took us maybe like three different visits of the bleeding for us to really realize that I was having an incompetent cervix and it was just going. Um, she was like, I am really worried that you're going to go into preterm labor. And I was like, uh, okay. She was like, you like, this is the last, she was like, because this is the third time and they had finally done a measurement with, um, like a vaginal probe. Um, she was like, this is serious. Um, you got to go on a bed rest. Like I literally don't want you standing up more than like two to three hours a day. Wow. Um, so, and I, I mean, I was worried because I'm thinking, you know, I was by myself, um, pretty much. I don't, I don't have any of my immediate family in San Diego. I don't want my mom traveling at this time because COVID is everywhere. Um, so you couldn't get home to Louisiana. You were stuck in San Diego. Yeah, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't get home yet. So it was just like, all right, this is what we're doing. And my boss and I were just so upset because we're thinking these are like our last few months together. Now I don't even get that because Mm -hmm. I need to stop working. Um, so I did very minimal. Um, I got put on progesterone, um, suppositories until I was like 35 weeks um, and that held out my cervix, um, and that was really wonderful because once I got to the UK, it kind of, <laughs> I went from 28 weeks, no, 20 some odd weeks to 30, 30, almost 35 weeks with not seeing anyone because I was in the transition period of oh packing up all my stuff, moving, went home to Louisiana for Christmas, New Year's, and then I got on the plane to go to the UK on the very last day that I could have for my doctor, you know, for me to let me travel transatlantic. 
Um, and when I got to the UK and I got a scan done, they were like, you do know that your baby is extremely small. And I was like, huh? <laughs> what? Wow. And they were like, yeah, he's, he, I mean, everything looks fine, but he is very tiny. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, what do we do about this? And they were like, no, we'll just keep monitoring you. And then I was, so I started to get a little bit worried about that. And then they kept having me come like every week and a half or so because they don't know me. So it's like starting all over again. Yeah. Um, and so they're trying to play like this catch up game and what they're comfortable with is different from what, you know, America's going to be comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So at my last scan, I think it was like 37 weeks. And they were like, he's only gained like, it was like close to like nothing. And they were like, that's kind of worrying because in the last, like he should be putting on more than that. So I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, you'll come back at 38 weeks. And I said, that's fine. So at just the day before 38 weeks, my husband and I were moving into a flat and we decided to redo the kitchen because it was a mess. Literally had just finished it and sat down and I go, Alfie, I don't think that I felt him move in a while. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, we've been running around. And I was like, no, mm-mm. like I've been teaching dance the majority of this pregnancy and he was still quite active and I'm running around doing that. Like, Something is not right. So I gave it like another, I gave it until like later that night. And finally I was like, no, I can't do this. Like (laughs) something in my gut is like, get up, go, go, go. Mom got finally got there. Yeah. It was just like, go to the hospital. Even if they tell you he's fine. And sure enough, we got there and he was on the monitor and they said, yeah, his fetal movement is reducing. Um, So they were like, we're going to induce you now. And so it was about a day and a half of induction and they put in um, a balloon and that was really painful. Um, Mm -hmm. And then that started maybe like the afternoon into the night and then the balloon came out. They said I was starting to dilate, but I wasn't having contractions on my own yet at all. Um, And my water wasn't going on its own. Um, and then at 4 a.m. in the morning, they're, you know, they call it theater here when you're like in your room. Yeah, this C-section, um, like, right? Oh. Or the theater? Well, well, no, like mm. even, even for like normal birth, they're mm. like, oh, there's theater open for you because somebody's got to come break my water at this point. They're like, okay, this woman the is The production like is going to start. Wow. <laughs> yeah, production is going to start. The show's starting. Everyone take your seats. <laughs> Get your popcorn. Yeah, so this, exactly. So the lady comes in and she's like, oh, we need to wait because actually we think his arm is in front of his head. And if we break your water, we're afraid like this is going to happen. So I was like, okay, well, I just like so badly. I'm just wanting to have him out now, even though I know that he's being monitored and his heart rate steady and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, we've just been in early labor for so long. Like, let's just do it. So finally they were like, we're putting you on the drip. Like we got to go. Like, let's just do it. So we started on the drip and it was a, it was like all day long, like probably like 10 hours, something like that. Oh. Cause it was night again. Um, but I had him vaginally. Um, everything was fine. Um, he was very tiny. We were in the maternity ward for another week after that because of his low birth weight. By day two, he had lost 13% of his weight. Wow. Um, it's February as well in Scotland, so it is freezing cold. 
Um, and he couldn't regulate his own body temperature without being on me. So if you left him in a cot for his like little cot beside me for even like an hour, it would just plummet. Like he would be freezing. And I would have like, you know, all like multiple layers of clothes and like he would be in a swaddle and still he would just not be able to cope. And so they kept us extremely, there was like constantly a midwife in, you know, how is he doing? And then finally to get his weight back up, I, the midwives were really wonderful. Um, I, while I would be, I would breastfeed and then a, ner- a midwife would take him and bottle feed him and I would be pumping. And we did that for like almost 24 hours straight every wow. other hour through the night. And it was like, I'm starting to have baby blues at this time as well. <laughs> the first one, I'm just like, oh my God, I just want my baby to gain weight. Like I was just like freaking out. And she was like, it's okay. This is really, it's a lot. Because my husband also can't be there because right. of COVID. He can only come visit me two hours a day. Wow. And that's it. So it was it was difficult. But once we, once I remember when he finally hit that 24 hours of being able to regulate his body temperature, I was like, oh my god thank you like we're finally here and after that he's been like perfectly normal child i mean he's 20 months now so um yeah we never that's had a issues, traumatic birth yeah you know it I mean, was you're... it was it was worrisome you know not feeling your baby when you have that final like aha moment you, it, it really does like plague on your brain of like oh, no, I missed something. Like, yeah. oh, I didn't do my part of kicking, of, like, counting my kicks. Um, so, yeah, that was that was definitely scary. I was, as soon as they put him on the monitor and, I, like, he was starting to move a little bit more, I was, like, a little bit comfortable. But I really knew in my heart, like, he needs to get out. Yeah. I think he's done in there. And what's his name? Odin. Odin. Okay, so, I mean, you got pregnant in Ireland. Then you went back to the States. Yeah. And you were bleeding, and you yeah. were stuck in San Diego, and you couldn't be with Alfie, right? And then you're <laughs> on progesterone, and you're on bed rest, and then you fly back yeah. to Louisiana, and then you fly to the UK. <laughs> it's, yeah. oh my gosh. And then you have this traumatic birth, yeah. but Odin is yeah. here and healthy. And we're going to take a break right now, and then we're going to yeah. dive into Kai's story. I don't know about you, but I have so many gift cards. How many times have you gone to the store and forgotten that gift card that you got for your birthday? How great would it be to finally empty out your purse or wallet? Well, guess what? There's this thing called Gift Pocket. Gift Pocket is a free app that organizes all of your gift cards in one location. There's nothing worse than standing in the checkout line only to realize that you forgot your gift card at home, it's in last season's purse, or even in the car. Gift Pocket lets you upload any gift cards you have, buy them for yourself, or even send gift cards to your friends and family. And it's free. All you have to do is download the app, enter your information, and then clear out your purse. And that's not even the best part. When you download the Gift Pocket app and use the code EMMA, all caps, at sign up, Gift Pocket will donate $5 per download to Emma's Footprints. As soon as you're done listening to this podcast, go download Gift Pocket. Okay, we're back. Um, I just want to sit at your feet and like, just well, a I want to hug you and hold you, and <laughs> yeah. then I love you've been through so much in just a short amount of time. 
and that's not even why you're calling in today. Um, yeah. Okay, so Odin is 20 months now, and you had a yes. very crazy so, story from start to finish with him. Right. And um, were you talking about getting pregnant again, or did that just happen? Um. So, okay, so it's actually really funny because the month before I thought I was pregnant, and then it turned out that I wasn't pregnant. So I was like, oh, well, that was just a weird fluke. I, I've never experienced postpartum before, so I think ovulation and my cycle was just trying to adjust. Um, and then month six rolled around, and my husband was getting ready to go offshore, and he was like, I actually think you should take a pregnancy test before I leave just in case. And I took one, and it was negative. He had been gone for maybe a week and a half, two weeks, and my sister and one of my sister-in-laws came to visit me. And I was like, oh, we'll go to this Turkish restaurant together, and then we'll go to the, do some shopping. And I was so excited. I knew exactly what I was going to order. And the moment that that food was in front of me, I, I absolutely did not want to eat it. I was like, uh-uh, I, no. And she was like, that's weird, like, the whole time you've been saying you want to eat this and now you don't want to eat it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then Odin was only six months. So I was still like walking around with him in a baby carrier strapped to my chest. We were walking around and I was like winded. I sounded mm. like, oh, yeah. oh, like all mm. the time. Like you just like, ran a flight of stairs, <laughs> except you walked yes. straight. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like I sound horrible. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. I've got smokers breathing. or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so my sister-in-law was like, um, I, I just think maybe you should take a test. And I was like, well, my, do, you do know your brother has been offshore for like almost two weeks. Like there's nothing happening. She's like, yeah, but it doesn't hurt. Like you're, you're still like halfway post, like six months, a little bit. Like it's still, your body's still regulating. So it could have been wrong. And sure enough, the test was wrong. I took it too early. So I just needed wow. to wait. Um, so I called him and I was like, actually, I am pregnant. He was like, oh, I knew it. Like, oh, I knew just, it. like, I knew you were pregnant. So, yeah, six months postpartum, I was pregnant again. Um, we told his side of the family first and then waited to tell my mom when we went to go visit her for Christmas. And we put the sonogram on a Christmas card. Because, <laughs> um because, uh, well, my brother knew, but my brother can keep secrets. My mom about pregnancy <laughs> you know probably you can cannot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and when I got to Louisiana, I was like 16 weeks and I still could like hide my belly because it's winter, which I'm wearing a bunch of oversized clothing anyway. So she really had no idea. Like when I got there, she was like not in the slightest you know, could tell that I was pregnant. She's like, the only thing that ever made me think you were pregnant was that you were sleeping a lot. <laughs> I noticed that when I started calling you, like every time I called you, you were like, oh, I'm taking a nap with Odin. Oh, I'm napping so it wasn't Odin. because you oh, had a six-month-old right. baby. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, that's why you were just so napping, like excessively. I was like, yeah, it was horrible. I couldn't stop sleeping. Um, so yeah, she got really excited. Odin's first birthday was on February 25th. So we did his birthday in Louisiana. Um, and then we came back to the UK and we moved into a bigger flat because my mom was like, well, obviously I'm coming out for the birth of the baby this time because I can. Um, 
So it was great. And it was so funny because actually the day she was supposed to fly out for Odin was actually the same day that Odin ended up being born. <laughs> so wow. um, it was a weird thing, but she couldn't come anyway because they closed the borders again uh, for his birth. Uh-huh. So she, we bought her a ticket. We left. Um, a few months later, she got there, and she was there, like, the last three weeks of my pregnancy. Um, and that pregnancy was, like, pretty textbook, I would have to say. They were really monitoring me quite a bit, though, because they were worried about my cervix potentially going again. So they measured that quite a bit up until about 20-some-odd weeks, and they are like, okay, we think you're in the clear. Wow, so you had no um, bleeding? You had no, nothing no bleeding. that you did? I well, I had... I did have bleeding, but it was old blood, and I actually went to go get a private scan for that. So I had... It was, like, probably two days after I found out I was pregnant, I had, like, really dark blood. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's probably old. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I didn't know how pregnant I was because everything sure. was off because yeah. I'm still breastfeeding and everything. Right. So I told my husband, I said, I know I, sh- I really would like to wait until you get here to get a scan. But I need to know, like, where I'm at in this pregnancy because if it's going off my last period, I'm, like, nine weeks along. And I don't think that's right. Hmm. So I went to a scan. Um, and they were like, yeah, you're right. It is just old blood. You're actually six and a half weeks. Baby looks healthy. Heartbeat is, is great. You're all good. Um, and so that gave us, but after that, like nothing, there was like nothing wrong with that pregnancy. He actually was a pound and a half bigger than Odin ended up being. Cause Odin was like barely five pounds, uh-huh. like literally barely five pounds. Um, and when he lost his weight, he was like, really on the cuffs of like four pound something um so kai was like a healthy weight i didn't get an epidural i I got an epidural at the very last moment with odin but with kai i did a lot of like more research about pregnancy and what the purpose of contractions and all that stuff was when i was pregnant with kai Mm -hmm. because i was like i want to have a different birth experience i did not like the last one Mm -hmm. i want yeah And so I did, I watched videos, I talked to midwives, I talked to my other friends that are in the medical industry, and I was like, what can I do to have a better birth experience? And so the best thing for me was, like, realizing, like, fighting the contractions is making it worse. Like, you need to understand why you're contracting, and it's to bring you to your baby. Right. And the worse, the more you fight it, the more painful it feels, and the more you give out to it, the more energy you're losing. Um, and so I did a lot of meditation and that kind of stuff, like probably the last trimester I was doing that, um, and stretching and walking, I was walking a lot. Um, and I didn't know my water broke and I went into my 40 week appointment on my due date and she's scanning him and she's like, Oh, he looks great. She was like, God, his head is like literally so low like how are you walking and I was like yeah it's uncomfortable <laughs> how did you walk like, in here yeah <laughs> I was like it is uncomfortable I'm not gonna lie and she and I said well is my fluid level good and she said yeah why and I said well I actually felt like some trickling the other day but I haven't felt it really again and I've never felt my water break before so I don't know what that is right and she said okay that she said well all right I would like to send you upstairs to get tested like right now and I said okay for sure and they did a swab and the lady was like your water definitely broke um 
she's like, how long ago was that? And I was like, um, like two days ago. And she was like, you have to have your baby tonight. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. is, this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, I'm so sorry, but you don't get to have your water birth. And I was like, Oh darn. Oh. Um, she was like, you're just at risk for too much infection right. because the water has been broken. Um, so I was like, that's totally fine. Um, so we went home and they were like, you know, just hydrate yourself, take a rest if you can, make sure your bag's together, we'll call you. They called me at like 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, um, still not having any contractions, like nothing, like it just, nothing was happening. Is that, is that, um, like, other, is that like the norm there to send you home and then call you to check um, in on you? Um, yeah, they, because oh, a lot of women, I would say like, Europe in general, they like to labor at home, like literally until they're going to have the baby. Um, And so I just, and I actually thought that's what I was going to experience as well. I was like, well, my waters have broken on their own. Maybe I will start labor on my own. Right. And hours and hours went by and like Mm. nothing was happening. I was like, oh man, I'm not progressing. My mom was like, it's okay. It's okay. Like he's obviously ready to come. Your water is breaking, but it's all right. So we all went to bed and you know, we woke up and I was like, okay, you know, we're going in and gave Odin a kiss and we left and we got there and she's like, okay, you're like a two and a half, you know? And I was like, okay, great. She's like, but I'm going to do a sweep and I think I can get you to a four. And she was like, it's going to be very uncomfortable. And I was like, that's okay. She was like, it'll probably start your contraction. So she did the cervical sweep. Um, And sure enough, like 20 minutes later, Mm. those buggers started happening. Mm. Um, And the rest of my water started going as well. Um, And so she was like, I really need you to get up and and walk around. So we walked, my husband and I walked around the hospital and they started, you know, I had my, um, my app. So I'm, you know, tracking my contractions. And we came back maybe about half an hour later of walking. And she was like, okay, this is good. She was like, but I still... I still don't think they're strong enough. Like after they put me on the monitor again, she was like, they're still just not strong enough. And I was like, and she was like, I'm so sorry. We have to put you on the drip. And now it's like almost six o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I was like, okay, we're on the drip again. So they, you know, they put me on the drip and it was hilarious because the shift was changing over Mm. with the midwives. So new midwife came in and she was, they were all, they're all so nice. And she said, okay. She said, well, also the doctor's going to come in to check you at about 1300. And I was like, 1 p.m.? And she was like, yeah. And I said, but it's like 6 a.m. And she's like, yeah. And I said, that's a really long time from now. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, yeah. And I said, I will have my baby be 412. And she said, oh, you will. <laughs> and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I'm, I'm pretty positive. And so there was, like, a, a nursing student that was in there while she went to go make her round a couple hours later. And then my husband left to go to the bathroom. And I was just on gas and air. I finally decided, okay, I, I need something. So I was on the gas and air, and I was determined to only do gas and air. I was like, I don't want any morphine. I don't want an epidural. Like, I just want very minimal pain relief. Um and oh, Brandy, I'm, I'm over here laughing because I watch Call the Midwife. Uh, Julie oh, okay, has never yes. seen Call the Midwife, no. and I remember the season where they introduced the gas and air. I'm like, gas and air, what's gas yeah. and air? They would bring it into their homes. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's like oxygen. Um, 
Well, is it is it like um, silly juice? Yeah, yeah. Don't you get yeah, the, at it's the like dentist? Gas on those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the point? To to no to not it's not an epidural like mm-hmm. it's not you know and it's not yes. nothing it's mm. something to just kind of take yeah. the edge off mm. mm-hmm. and so I'm, yeah. I'm remembering the episodes where they bring the gas and air and call the midwife you know into the home and the women are asking for it <laughs> so. right yeah and it was and the thing is is that the first time with Odin like looking back I realized I wasn't using it properly and mm. that's why it wasn't helping me as much because when you inhale. When, well, when you exhale, you need to still keep it in your mouth. And I kept taking it out of my mouth. And I feel like that lowers, like, the effect that it has. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, second time around with Kai, I was like, okay, I know how to use it properly. Um, and the moment my husband came back in the room, I go, Alfie, you know, I'm starting to really feel the pressure on my bum. Like, this is, like, I'm. It's go time. This is starting to, <laughs> yeah, it, I, like, I feel it. And sure enough, he was like, well, I'm just going to take a look. And he was like, holy crap, there's like a head of hair, like literally right there. He Aww. was like, just go, do it. And I, we were just getting, I was like, yes, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, I'm not thinking like I'm making this up. Um, and he just like literally opened the door. And he goes, my wife is having her baby and closed the door and Aww. went right back. And he was like ready to deliver if he needed to. Um, but they came in and like two pushes later, he was out and he was oh. born at 921 at 8, 921 a.m. So um, what's his birthday? I was uh, his birthday was on May 26th of this year, 2022. How perfect. What a different oh, yeah, experience, too. It, oh, my gosh. It was, it was like we were working together. Mm-hmm. I think, like, me and my baby were working together to get to the end result. I love that. Yeah. And I think that was, like, one of like even out of the entirety of his life on earth, I think that was probably our most bonding Hmm. moment because I was like, we're working to do the same thing. Like I'm not going to break down and like give into this pain and you're not going to give in to whatever maybe you're going through trying to get here. Like we're going to do this. And it was probably the most euphoric feeling I've ever felt in my Hmm. life was birthing him. Um, it was really wonderful. And I was breastfeeding him like 30 minutes after he was born. Like Aww. it was just, he was so easy. It was just the whole thing was just like, wow. And even my husband was like, you made that look so easy. Aww. Like we've been here for like six hours and you went from like being a two to a four to giving birth like four hours after that. Like, I don't, You're like, how did you do Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like, wow, that's nuts. Um, so it was um, a great experience. And then I got discharged 24 hours later. They mm. were like, he looks great. Um, and then like in Scotland, or I should say like in the UK in general, when you go home, a midwife and a nurse will come to see you every day after that at your house. Wow. For how long? So for a week. Mm. So they Genius. check on you and the baby every day for a week. And so I was at home, my midwife during my pregnancy had already known that my baby's going to be born close to when I need to leave to go back to Ireland for my sister-in-law's wedding. Mm. So I said, I really want to make sure that I'm okay. He's okay. Because we are going to drive from Scotland 
down to England, get on a ferry to get into Northern Ireland, and drive all the way down to South Ireland for a wedding. And what's the time frame and look I, like for that? Was that like so days, hours was, of travel? Oh, that was, it was a day and, yeah, it was like a day and a, a one day. Yeah, we did mm-hmm. all of it. Okay. Um, it's really not that far like america's really big like it would mm-hmm. take me longer to drive from california to louisiana than to drive from scotland to right. okay yeah so um, and how um, so yeah, soon so, after you gave birth to kai did you make that trip oh so let's see he was born on the 26th and i think we left like maybe eight days later eight okay. or nine days later um so it was me my mom Odin and Kai all in a van together and everything was great like the trip over was I mean I'm also adjusting to having two under two so that I'm you know I'm I'm in the throes of like okay I have a kid that's walking now Mm -hmm. and I have a kid that is brand new as well I'm trying to juggle it but my mom is being wonderful and helping with all of this and the whole and it's so funny because the whole thing leading up to going was I didn't know how big I was going to be, so I never bought a dress for the wedding. And so the whole thing was like, oh, when when we get here, the only thing we have to worry about is finding Brady a dress. And we'll figure that out when she gets to Ireland. Right. And, you know, that was the that was the big problem, was that I was like, I'm a little bit heavy right now. Right. And I couldn't fit anything. Postpartum um, body. Times two. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I was, and I, you know, I was just like, as long as I, it's like, can get me access to breastfeed like I don't care at this point so we got there so my sister-in-law lives in the countryside um outside of the the biggest city near them is called Waterford so they live in the countryside out out of that um they've got a beautiful home and then they've got a caravan that sits maybe like 100 or so feet away from their house on the property so my mom was staying in the main house and Alfie Odin and Kai and myself were staying in the caravan because, you know, we had babies waking up during the night and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. We didn't want to hound them because my sister-in-law, her, well, my soon to be sister-in-law, no, the bride, basically the bride, her groom and their three children are also in the home. My other sister-in-law comes over and she's got two girls as well. So there is a lot of people house. in there's a full house happening um everybody was super excited because my the bride every time i met her i'd been pregnant or there was a child happening so she was super excited she was like okay the last time i saw you you had yeah. odin and now you have odin and kai like, Two baby is, boys. Like, you keep having another baby every time i see mm-hmm. you um everybody was super excited she has all boys as well she's got three boys so um there's just a house full of boys and we loved it and we we're having a great time. My youngest nephew, the bride's young youngest son, his birth, he had his eighth birthday and we had been running around with per, bar, uh, party stuff all day. Uh, and then that night we all decided to stay up and play like board games and stuff. And Kai was usually either in a car seat being carted around with one of us from room to room, or he was stuck to someone and, Mm-hmm. being fed mm-hmm. so he was always like 
there and every there's tons of adults including his grandma you know that's constantly watching him and we stayed up later a little bit later than usual um that night but of course he can i mean a baby they sleep wherever whenever they want to so we finally my mom swaddled him and we were like okay we're going to the caravan go to the caravan everybody gets in their places to sleep um and that was it that like we all were just playing a bunch of games and then we all went to bed and then we woke up and Kai was still in his swaddle and I got up because I was like I need to go to the bathroom my husband gets up and he says oh where's Kai and I said oh he's just there and I'm trying to like put on a t-shirt or something and my husband goes there's something not right with him mm-hmm. and I was like no he's like literally looks the same way that he did the like what are you talking about and then all of a sudden it was like a time warp happened mm-hmm. in my head mm-hmm. and I couldn't remember the last time I fed him mm-hmm. and then I started freaking out and then my husband because he was still in his swaddle like literally the same way we'd seen him when we all went to bed and my husband picked him up and Odin is kind of like groggily waking up so he's not like quite with it either yet and my husband picks up Kai and unfolds the swaddle and his body kind of just flopped on the bed and we both looked at each other for what was probably like a millisecond but felt like forever right and we both had that look on our face of like we're looking at our dead child right oh now my gosh. and literally just like I-, I picked up Odin and and, and Alfie starts screaming he's just screaming and screaming I pick up Odin and I start before I could put on any shoes and this is like one of those weird things that I remember so vividly and I'll never forget it because I'm traumatized by it is running barefoot on the gravel to the main house with Odin and like my feet just like hitting the pavement like so hard and just running and I put I don't even I don't even remember what I did with Odin like, I just remember getting him into the house and just putting him down. I just immediately put him down in a living room or something. And I knocked, like, two times on the bride's door. And I opened it. And I just told her. I didn't want to scream. Sure. But I was just like, he's not breathing. I was like, Alita, he's, you know, he's not. There's something not right with Kai. And she jumped up. And she starts taking off. And then at this point, oh, I think I was, like, on the floor. Yeah. I just was like on the floor and screaming and I don't even remember part of it. I just like remember all the doors start opening, you know, everybody's starting to come out of their bedrooms and my other sister-in-law who I'm extremely close with and because she was living in Scotland and I saw her up until three days before I gave birth to Kai. Um, She was the first one outside of my, you know, the kids and my mom to meet him um she came flying down and she she, you know what's happening and I said it's Kai and everybody's starting to go outside and my 
one of the bride's sons, he's extremely sweet. I remember I was on the floor and he looked down at me and he said, Brandy, is there anything I can do to help you? And it was like, I don't even know what would help me right now. Like I couldn't say anything to him, but I just was like looking at him because in my head, I'm also thinking like, what can I do to help myself? Like what is happening right now? Like I don't understand what's going on. And I, it wasn't even like I could cry. It was just, yeah. It's weird. It It is is so, it it is out of body. It is strange. Mm -hmm. It it is, but you're feeling also so much. Um, And then the bride's mother-in-law who lives like up the hill comes down and all of a sudden I see her face and she is parked her car. She's coming to collect her grandkids because we're trying to get all the kids out of the scenario because this is traumatizing. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to see the baby. Um, and, you know, she's crying profusely. And I'm like, oh, God, I can't look at, like, I couldn't look at anyone. Like, I didn't want to look at anybody's face. Um, and the kids were gone. And it was just me and my mom in the house for a while. And police came and talked to me. And I have to say, like, I've experienced a great amount of hospitality in America, in my home country, and in Scotland. But what I experienced in this particular situation in a foreign country where I don't have anybody particularly that close to me other than my in-laws and that, that my husband's side of the family, these people treated me as though I was literally their own blood. Like, uh, it, I didn't know which way you were like, going to go with that. It, it was like, you don't even know me. Like, why are you, like, mm-hmm. it just, the outpour of just everyone pitching in to help, like, figure out what we need to do. Take the kids away. Go get them food. Go do this. Like, everybody's figuring out what can we do so that they can just, everybody, you know, all of the adults can be in this because this is, something huge wow. and they just need to be present in this. And so Who my do you even call, I mean, like there's no nine yeah. one, like, I mean, where's the well, hospital? Yeah, they called, so they, everybody that was outside. So both my sister-in-laws, the groom and my husband are all outside. My husband has been doing CPR for almost 40 minutes on our poor child while waiting for everyone to show mm-hmm. up. I was kept inside because everyone, I, I mean, they said I, from what I can understand, I was pretty freaking hysterical. And they didn't want me to see anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but then all the fire trucks and the police mm-hmm. and the ambulance and all that stuff is showing up. And I just remember feeling like a literal wild woman mm-hmm. and like moving everyone out of the way. And I, took off running outside and I was like I need to know what's going on where's my child where's my husband what is going on and there was a police officer that was going to stop me and the the somebody else said like no this is the mom you let her do whatever she needs to do and they were like oh absolutely no what what do you what do you want to know whatever and they're like your husband's going to go to the hospital we just want to ask you a few questions um and then we'll give you an escort to the hospital so the police were extremely kind, and they were like, we're really sorry about what's happening here this morning. We just want to know, like, 
was he okay yesterday? It was just very vague questions. There wasn't anything like that. I guess that would be re-traumatizing at the Mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. for me to think about it. And they just said, you know, we'll get in contact with you at a later time. And I think one of the police officers hinted that this is probably an open shut case of a caught death, which you know, Mm, Um, but, but the police officer, I think the other guy was like, I don't think we're like, we should wait until they get to the hospital. Like, don't tell her that. Um, so my mom and I got into a police car and that was the longest 28 Mm -hmm. minutes of my life. Like, it was so long. Hmm. And when we pulled up to the hospital. And you have no idea where you are also. I don't know. Yeah, I've never been here. Yeah, I don't. I have never been to the hospital here. I don't know what to expect. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what's going on. Right. I'm like so confused about everything that's happening. And we pull up to the, an entrance, but it doesn't look like a normal entrance to the hospital. It's like a very small one. And I knew when I got out of the car, like, he's really, he's really gone Mm -hmm. because it was like, it was like a Grey's Anatomy episode where all of the people are lined in the hallway. It was horrible. Um, But all the police were there and there were all these midwives and nurses waiting at the entrance for me. And I couldn't get off the floor. I could not get off the floor. And I was like, and I, my mom is not a crier. Like she does not cry. But I remember her like scrouching down to me. Like she was like, honey, if I could pick you up, I would do it. But she was like, I literally don't have any strength to pick you up. But she was like, you have, you have to get up. And I'm thinking, no, the hell I don't. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to get up. Yeah. Why do I need to get up? I don't want to. And this midwife, I will never forget her to the day I die. Her name was Edna. Mm, she Edna. got down in my face, really, really low on the ground. And she was like, Brandy, I know what I'm about to tell you. You don't want to hear. Mm. But she was like, your amazing husband and your beautiful child are in this room next to you. And they want to be with you. Mm. And And she said, I know this is not what you want. It is not what any of us want. But I promise you, in the long run, these next moments that you spend with him, you will cherish forever. Wow. And that's super powerful. I I don't know, like, what it was about her, but I got off the floor. I finally got off the floor. And my husband was sitting there, and his shirt was off, and he was holding him, and and it just was like, oh, God, like, this is really happening. Like, this is really real. Like, like we're all supposed to be going to a wedding in six days, and now my baby died. And it was just like, I don't understand, like, what's happening right now. Like, how is this happening to me? Like... I'm, I've never been someone that discounts that bad things happen. I know that bad things happen. I have lots of friends that have battled infertility and different, you know, miscarriages. And I always have never said, like, you're not some kind of 
you know, invincible person. Right. It can happen to you, but it's still so different when it is you, mm-hmm. you know, you're thinking like, how did I get picked? Like, out of, like all yeah. the things that can happen in this world, this is what's happening to me right now, right. not to somebody else, to me in my life. Um, that was so surreal. Um, it was like out of this world. Um, and my sister-in-laws came afterwards, and it was just, um, we're all just like sitting there, just holding, taking time to hold him. And I have to say, like the moments after that were really as beautiful as they could be because we got to bathe him um we got to do his hand and his footprints we got to cut a lock of his hair they provided him with a beautiful outfit where he was like in a white robe and white mitts and a white hat and he basically looked like a little angel yeah. and um it was really um there was a person that was assigned to take photos of the entire thing. Um, so we have photos of everything that transpired there. I have not been able to look at them yet. Right. Um, but I hope like one day they will bring me some kind of comfort. Um, but it was, um, we got taken to another room and, we were able to talk to another um, person that was in charge of like the mortuary and she was talking about what the next steps would be. Um, And we chatted about that. And then she told us, you know, uh, that it was time for us to go home. And I like, I don't like what? Like, you're like, no, I just, no, thank you. like, I'm just going to leave my baby. Like, I, I yeah, don't understand. It's like, almost like a, so and, that's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's like, that's yeah, it? like, this is it. Like, yeah. Like the show's over. You yeah. go home. And yeah. I was, it, it just, and Edna came back and she was like, Brandy, he's coming with me. Hmm. I will make sure he is extremely taken care of. She was like, please do not worry about him. And she said, I know that is so hard because you don't know me. But I promise nothing is going to happen to your baby. And I said, okay. Like, can you promise me that? I want to give Edna a hug. Yeah. I hope she's listening. Thank you, Edna. Oh my God. She is a huge part of your. She she is. And I just, like, I think about her. I think about her a lot. She was, um, she was, like, crucial in the fact that I could, like, do anything of what happened that day. Um, and so for three, we didn't, so after that we went home and it was a very, um, bride is trying to cancel her wedding. Oh. Like <laughs> we're trying to make funeral arrangements. It was, um, it was really strange. And they told, they called us. Oh, and then the other part was like, I forgot about the fact that I would still be like lactating after I left and mind you like I only stopped feeding Odin breastfeeding him when he was 11 months old so there was only three months in between Odin and Kai that I didn't breastfeed but I was still producing milk and 
I pumped so much milk in the hospital when I was holding Kai because my body was just doing what it was supposed to do. And I totally forgot that it was going to continuously happen. So for the next three days, I was like constantly pumping or waking up in the middle of the night, leaking all over the place. And it was horrific. And I tried to do a couple of Google searches of like women talking about how they could donate. And I was like, I sadly just don't think that's me. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be done. Like I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, so I, they called us and they said we could come back again to see him. So we went to the mortuary. We talked about what we had decided, which was cremation, um, and that they were going to set up everything for us. And all we had to do was pick a date and a time, and everything else would be taken care of. And they did just that. That's all we did. Mm-hmm. We said we want cremation, and we want to do it on this day that is available. Um And then they said, um, you know, you can go into the next room and he's set up and he's there for you. And we got to spend our last moments with him. And um, he was beautiful. He was really, really beautiful. Um, And I think the only part that, like, really, that was hard about seeing him the very last time was... um, how cold he was yeah I think that was like really um yeah that was really difficult was kissing him and feeling the cold on your lips is really um that was hard but he looked great and I was super I was just like completely blown away at like how much somebody else cared about my baby um to take care of him that way and have him in such a beautiful, he was in this beautiful cot and they had left teddy bears in there with him overnight. And so they had a teddy bear for each of his brothers. That's, you know, so each of his brothers have a bear that was with him. Um, And uh, I called my husband's ex-wife and I had to tell her what happened. And she just, I mean, she she was she's wonderful as well she was like i'll tell the boys um and i'll tell them if they want to talk to you i said absolutely they can call um and our oldest called two or three days afterwards and was i mean you said you the last time you see your brother is when you're all taking family photos (laughs) we were taking newborn photos the last day that we saw we were all together We, um, to the day before we left for Ireland, I was like, we're going to do newborn photos and we're going to do family photos. And I had gotten everybody outfits and everything. And so, you know, for my, my bonus children, their last memories are, um, holding him in a family photo and, you know, saying, oh, Kai, we'll see you when you come back from the wedding and telling them that he wasn't coming back the same way was, uh, that was really hard. Um, I felt like I was like breaking their hearts. It just, um, like somehow I did it, even Mm. though I know I didn't do it, but I still feel like I'm doing it to them. Um, that was really difficult, but, um, uh, the wedding was supposed to be on the 18th of June. And instead we had a funeral service on the 20th. Mm -hmm. Um, what day, and did that he, was, what day did he die? 
he died on the 13th of June. So he was 18 days old. This is so much like my story. <clears throat> my best friend was getting married too. Mm. Brittany, mm. Brandy, I'm sorry. And <laughs> it was the week before. Yeah. And we were planning it's, funerals it's, instead of getting married. It, it, it It's literally almost like this stupid movie that you're in of yeah. like, oh, we went through like the most festive, you know, time to like literally could not be more opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, um, my, just like a little background on like my husband's family, they have gone through their own traumatic things in their lives growing up. And so I think any kind of trauma, especially something like this, is is very triggering. Yeah, uh, to other things that you've gone. Yeah, there's layers to this, mm-hmm. and I think it was oh the week the probably the couple of days following afterwards, everyone was just in this weird place of mm-hmm. like, what is life? Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Like, this mm-hmm. is just odd. No, mm-hmm. and you don't know how to treat people. And I even didn't know how to treat myself. It was just very, um, it's a lot to experience and like to experience it as a family because we're all together right. for a wedding, right. you know? Yeah. And then by the way, I've never met my mother-in-law because she lives in Portugal. So she was flying over for port- from Portugal for the wedding and the day before, let's see, Kai passed away, and she was supposed to come the very next day. Mm. And I asked my sister-in-law, I was like, is somebody going to tell her, like, what do we want to do? Mm. And so they, you know, one of the kids called her and was like, you know, told her, you know, Janet, the baby is gone, and the wedding's not going to happen, or whatever, and she was like, well, no, I'm coming anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, there's even more of, like, you know, I was always going to come, but now I'm really going to come. Right. Um, so it was a weird thing. Like, you're meeting your mother-in-law the very first time. Right. Like, In it just was like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like such a, it seems like this messed up, cruel joke yeah. that the yeah. world is exactly. playing on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, that I know my story is so long, but um, it 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 really was just such. It's a very strange thing. But in the months, because now we're about five and a half, six months out now, um, and since then I've done a lot of um, how do I say it? a lot of camping. I camped mm-hmm. for my birthday in July. We camped all over Scotland, down to England, and back up. Um, there was a lot of therapeutic times in that, and there were a lot of not good times in that. Yeah, uh, that's part of the process. My, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there, yeah, it was pretty up and down. For my birthday, we and we were going to an amusement park, and for some reason that day, it was I was really not on the right side of grief, just really feeling it, really not good that day. And my oldest bonus kid had to pick me up from the parking lot in a ball of tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great. You know. Yep. That's, that's yeah. Awesome. In the middle like... of the parking lot, you know, while all these people, it's the middle of summer, it's July, and everybody's like, oh, I'm getting on a roller coaster. And I'm like, oh, my baby. Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. 
You know, I don't care about a roller coaster. I, pop, I, popped up. I want my kid back. You know, it's it was it, there was a lot of like good times, and I mean, it's just up and down, and even like my husband and I, just me, my husband and Odin, we road tripped all the way from Scotland to where we are in Sweden now, um, and we met some incredible people along mm-hmm. the way. We got to a campsite in the middle of the night in the Netherlands, and. Um, this lady was talking and my husband said something, you know, oh, can you not sleep? And she was like, oh, I'm, I'm going through a lot. And we said, oh, we are too. And she goes, yeah, my daughter's, you know, my daughter's dad just died and my dad is on pretty much his last month. Mm-hmm. You know, he's on death's door. And we were like, oh my God, like our son just You're died. Grieving too. She was like, oh my God. She's like, yes, you yeah. get it. I want to cry, you know, at very random times, you know, it's, and I was like, no, I get it. We met another lady in Cambridge. She had a baby, and I was like, oh, your baby's so cute. And she was like, oh, yeah, she's a twin, but her twin passed away because she got a virus in the NICU. And I go, oh, I go, oh my God, I lost a baby, too. Or, you know, this random lady in the park in Cambridge. Well, you Brandy, know, you sound like us. About... They just flock to you. Yeah. They do. <laughs> yeah. And they then, just, you... They came... then yeah. you found our podcast. Were you Googling? Yeah. Yeah, I was literally like, there just have to be other people like this. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I I need to know that what I'm feeling is real. I Mm -hmm. need for people to understand, like, the shock value lasts for a long time before you really get into it. Like, his funeral service, I could have been a zombie that day, honestly. Mm -hmm. Didn't know what was going on. It was beautiful. But it, I don't know. It just was, it's, you're out of your body for so long before it really starts happening. And for me, it didn't start happening until I went back to Scotland. And I walked into my bedroom, and there's a bassinet set up beside my bed with breast pump. And I literally just remember picking it up and shoving it in the corner, and I threw the covers over my head. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'll deal with it later. Like, I just, I don't want to look at that stuff. My mom was great, and she sent me out the next day, and she passed up everything. Mm-hmm. Like, she did all of the things. Um, I mean, for as so, as um, tragic as your story is, like, there's so many beautiful spots in it, from your support system to Edna, the midwife, you know, that, yeah. your, that your mom was there to help, that the the police, you know, and the, all of the medical yeah. people, it's, like, that's, I'm so sorry that oh, this yeah. has happened, you know, but... It sounds like everything else what was so great. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, like minus Kai yes, dying, no, like set that was. over there. I and mean, that's I'll... what I tell people. I'm like, this is the best way yeah. this could have happened. Like, I just don't know any other way it could have been. I've, I don't think I've ever heard beautiful that beautifulness in a story. Yeah, you usually know I mean? there's like, a lot of more trauma, later yeah, trauma. Everybody got different... it right. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. they they got it right. Yes, they got it right. Yeah, yeah. And they so thank you to everybody. Right. And it was, yeah, it was it was almost just like a weird thing of like every every day that I'm like continuing to to go through this grieving process. It's like everything happened so beautifully that it helps it to make it more accepting that this is like what God wants. This is part of my story Mm -hmm. and that I I can't erase it and nor does he want me to. But for you to recognize that, I mean, 
you know, for you to recognize that even when you were speaking about giving birth to him, you know, and the way you guys work together and your unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people can't see that. Right. Even though that could that could exist and be true. But you can't see that in those moments because you're just hurting so bad, you know, but like. Right. You've noticed that. And um, I don't want to say I'm proud of you. Like that's 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 silly. silly. It is, you know, but um, I just it's an honor. It's an honor that you reached out and you left us this voicemail or, the, you know, this yeah. voice message on one of our podcasts and it wrecked us. I'm like, who is that? And we need to talk to her. Yeah. Actually, and... I listened to it. Um... <laughs> I was like, I just want to let them know like this, like having this as a lost mom is like crucial. Yeah. Like, yeah. and my husband would be like, what are you listening to? So I would listen to a different episode every morning. Why are you crying? Like while I would be making breakfast. And I was like, no, I'm listening to my podcast. And he was like, does that not make you more sad? I was like, it makes me realize I'm more sane. Because when you talk to other people that have not gone through this, it just, there's there's some wires that, their wires are still wired properly. You're not not reading from the same book. (laughs) You're not playing on the same field. Yeah, I'm like, I need to hear from other people. And Mm -hmm. I can't, I really can't remember what. The other lady's name was that I listened to, but she also lost her son. And listening to her episode, I think maybe it was the first one, I was like, yes. Julie, my yes. co-host. It's me who you're talking <laughs> I was, to. I was like, yes, you get it. I'm not like this, un- like, because when you don't cry, people feel like mm. you're not feeling it. And I'm yeah. like, but Ooh, yeah. ooh, tears do not equivalate yeah. like what is happening on the yeah. inside. One hundred percent. And I feel like so it sticks like, with you yeah, for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh I was like, this is yeah, this is extremely has been so helpful for me personally. Mm-hmm. I was like, I hope that if I am able to share my story, that it does the same thing for the next person because it does help so so much. Yeah. So I am incredibly happy and I feel extremely honored that I was able to share Kai's story because Mm. it keeps him alive for me and for my family. And I so desperately need that. Um, And And we're here to help you do that. (laughs) Yes. And I'm I'm, I'm like, oh, man, if I'm ever in America, like I would love to do a walk. You know, when they're doing Guess what? You're doing hey, one in Sweden. You can do it on Sweden, Brandy. Yeah. You can walk in Sweden. Like, There's I no rules like, against I walking. Know. You're really good at walking, remember? <laughs> You've basically done a walk already. <laughs> so what I'm hearing, Julie, is we're going to Sweden. I love it. <laughs> I think that's one of my many takeaways from this episode. Oh, my gosh, Brandy. I, I, we could keep going, but um, it's – it's. Oh, thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Thank yeah. you for being brave. Yes. Um, Thank you for calling in. Thank you for sharing Kai with us and your family and to your family listening all over the world um, and to anybody that is part of your story. If they ever hear this, if Edna ever hears this, thank you for getting it right. Um, And uh, this was a heavy episode. So thank you listeners for tuning in. Um, I hope you got your Kleenexes out (laughs) and stay tuned uh, for another episode next week of Confessions of a Grieving Mother. Emma's Footprints has paid for over 110 burials and cremations of babies and over 100 urns and headstones in 2021. Being able to take away the financial stress during a very difficult time for a family is only part of what we do. If our mission tugs at your heart, 
we encourage you to make a donation that will allow us to continue to serve families that have experienced a pregnancy or infant loss in this community. Head to our website at www.emmasfootprints.com and look for the donate tab at the top of the page. As always, thank you for your support and allowing Emma's to say yes to families grieving pregnancy and infant loss.